welcome to Modern Anarchy, the podcast featuring real conversations with conscious objectors to the status quo. I'm your host, Nicole. sex coach Tazima Paris. Join us for a conversation on the meaningful question, what is sex? Y'all, if you cannot tell from this title alone that there is just so much juiciness packed in this episode, I don't know what more I need to say to you. But to give you just a little bit of hints of where we go for this episode, we are talking about polyamory, the scripts that monogamous culture has tried to ingrain in us, Tazima's experience with a monogamish relationship and the difficulty with judgment and how that can keep us from moving through growth and keep us in stagnant relationships. Y'all, there's just so much gold here. And I love the way that Tazima carries herself with so much energy and vibrance and confidence in the woman that she is. And she also invites all of us to join her in that confidence and celebration of ourselves and our sexuality and our beauty and Oh, it is just so good, and it was such a pleasure to have her on the show. So, y'all, you really need to tune in to this episode. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. How are you feeling today? I, quite frankly, I'm a little scattered. I'm going to say that up mm, front. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode. I'm a little scattered, but I'm feeling yeah. generally good. I'm I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah. Let's do all the things. I know. So it's a good day. Today's a good day. <laughs> and the, the weather is so good. <gasps> I haven't been out yet. I have to get out there. Oh my God. What are so, you doing? With your I know. I was... I was, it was, I was doing dishes. Oh, <laughs> I was doing dishes with my life. Do that at four thirty when the sun is down. What are you doing? <laughs> like go outside. <laughs> There's minimal time that we get this. Like this is special. Oh. I'm so sorry. Now I'm saying that as we're about to embark on a conversation. It's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I usually chat for about an hour, so you'll get out like, it's fine. like a good enough time to we're hit good. that sun. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're gonna. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Do you have any questions about podcasting, about me, about anything before we start? Oh, uh, yeah. Tell me, why don't you tell me a little bit about like your yeah. jam, why this, mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. the subject, why, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what's your why? What's your why? Oof, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> my why is probably that I grew up very conservative. And becoming the queer poly anarchist that I am now, yeah, I just like in a whole different spectrum from where I used to be. And that journey is a lot of, you know, revolutions of cognitive thought. And my family is still very conservative. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. So there's still this space where you're like teaching, talking, wanting to pull people into conversation to learn. And so I kind of had that energy where I wanted to have these sort of dialogues about things that 
that I'm already passionate about and looking to find people to connect with because a lot of these things are minority cultures where there's not a lot of people in my day-to-day life that I always can talk about all this stuff with. Gotcha. And then trying to pull more people into it. And also going into clinical psychology, I'm studying relationship anarchy for my dissertation. So then it kind of just, yeah, has been all pulling together. So yeah, there's not, there's nothing on it at all. Actually. No. Yeah. Oh, those scripts. Oh, those scripts. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. at the core of the work that I do is literally like, what are the scripts? We're breaking mm-hmm. them down. Why are you doing that? You think you're doing it because you want to, but you're actually doing it because they told you to. Yes, yes, yes. I have been talking to someone. I know. I'm like, do I start going in deep right here? Um, go ahead. I love it. Okay. So I deep been, in. Go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was this artist that I've been connecting with and getting to know more. And we've been talking a lot about the ACE spectrum and demisexuality and trying to understand how to define sex. Great question. Yeah. And I didn't even have an answer. And we were just like going back and forth about it. Like, how do you define this? And so I'm thinking of labels and restrictions of what you just mentioned and how that plays into even that answer of what is sex? Yeah. If you have thoughts, I'm all ears because it just, yeah. Sex is everything as far as I'm concerned. Like sex is everything. Yeah. Our everything is, is intercoursing with everything else. Mm -hmm. Like period. Like that's just what it is. Like, Yes, there are some spontaneous eruptions of existence or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, got it. And sometimes when those things get sparked, the ingredients were already there. Mm, okay. Whether we're talking about chemistry, like literal chemistry. I'm yeah. my, I have a chemistry background. <laughs> chemistry. I, love that. I, yes. I was in I was in uh like chemistry was my favorite subject. I had a really great chemistry teacher. I had crazy mm-hmm. chemistry teachers too. <laughs> yes okay <laughs> got it some were very crazy mm-hmm. but like chemistry has always been my favorite yeah. um and I loved the like practical application of chemistry which is also what led me to like do my degree in food science and oh, all wow. this okay. stuff like is it really random I have a really it's not random I'm ready all. tell me it all mm-hmm. tell me it all yeah so so Like I always, I loved chemistry equations because they were like literally practical things that were actually going to happen in the world. Like this thing materializes from these two things under these particular conditions. Like that's cool. Mm -hmm. I agree. And so as, as I look at things like relationship or like, you know, a sexual encounter, whatever that is, which we'll get back to in a moment (laughs) (laughs) or, or dinner. You know, or, or, or a a grouping, a specific grouping of people. Anytime you bring elements of things together, there's relationship. Mm -hmm. There's some kind of relationship. Sometimes that relationship is really delicious and delightful, like my fancy tea. Right. Sometimes it's not so good. Or sometimes there's just not enough of anything. Like it's super watered down or like Mm -hmm. you can't really tell, but you know, if you add a particular ingredient, like I remember like titrations back in the day, like, yes. like the color wouldn't change. Like you're like, and then like, I know I minored in chem, so I'm with you. Like, yes. I mean, right. Yes. Or like the tipping point of like a conflict in a relationship. It's like, tolerate 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 and then like something happens and you're like I can't tolerate this anymore yep. so it's 
either it's a wrap or something's got to change yeah. or something's got to overhaul the thing. You know, on the one hand, sure, we can talk about genitals. Right, right. Or human bodies or whatever bodies are mm-hmm. being together. We can talk about that and we can talk about sex, but like because of the huge taboo on sex, I think we miss a lot of the relationship mm. between things that we could perceive better, mm-hmm. like better slash more accurately. If we actually put it in context of like, there's a sexual engagement here. Like, yeah. let's keep it sexy. Like, I'm good with keeping it sexy. I'm good with like, just let's go. Let's yeah. do that thing. Yeah. And be with it. And like drop the judgment because really mm. sex wouldn't be a problem if there weren't any judgment. Like yeah. li- literally the problems around sex happen mm-hmm. because judgment. Yes. And like who creates the judgment? Some people eons ago. <laughs> Puritans. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Anyone who's currently around, there's just people who are towing the line of that. You yeah. Know? They're, so I know. So let's rewrite it. Yeah. I always think about like, if we talk about it in a sense of pleasures, right? Food, we get a ton of pleasure from food. I have no shame telling other people, this is the pleasure I get from this food. I love it so much. But then when it comes to things like sexuality and sexual pleasure, all of a sudden I can't talk about that sort of pleasure. I go back to a, I want to actually find the literal study that this came from, but it was Mm. a really old study I heard about at some point in my sex education Mm -hmm formal training, whatever. It was something that where they had interviewed a bunch of men in mm-hmm. the fifties or something like, like a I, long, you know, many decades ago. Yes. Gender norm. during a quote unquote conservative time. Yeah. So it was like fifties. It was the fifties. And so in this survey that they did, they asked these men and it's, I'm cool with it being men, like mm-hmm. in this one particular Hi. case. Yeah, yeah. They talk, they ask these men, like, how off, or do you have abnormal sexual thoughts? Right. Great question. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wait, Love wait, that. Great, great question. Do you have abnormal sexual thoughts? Meaning like any thought that is not like heteronormative, like P and V sex. Yeah. 70% of the respondents said they had at these abnormal thoughts about sex. And I was like, okay, if 70% of the respondents said they had abnormal thoughts about sex, that seems pretty, you just got to see, by the way. <laughs> yes. That's a great statistic in a study. Like that's a huge amount. That's not abnormal. That's not abnormal. It's actually normal. Everybody's having freaky thoughts. Yep. Why? Mainly yeah. my, my, I mean, mainly because sex is not, is taboo. And so mm-hmm. you think yeah. about uh, things that you're not supposed to think about. Right. Especially when someone asks you about it. <laughs> right. And yeah, I mean, what was taboo back then? I think a lot of us now wouldn't consider taboo. It's definitely opening. I mean, homosexuality. I don't even know what was considered taboo back then. <sighs> Yeah, anything other than penetrative sex probably was just... Well, between that and, like, the other thing that was happening at the time... Have you uh, read the book um, Sex at Dawn? You know what? People keep telling me about it. And I think 
This is when the universe keeps telling me. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Do do it. I mean, order it now. Order it now. (laughs) Yeah, my professor told it to me and now I'm getting it again. I'm like, damn. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. They talked about um, the the beginning of the swinger movement in America Mm -hmm. and how it was literally the Air Force dudes and their oh. partners yeah very fascinating interesting. fascinating yeah 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 they also talked about uh, and and they talked about it as a form of team building like mm. and security within their tribe so because it was such a high risk job oh yeah they were like if if i die right. i know that this my brother will t- you know in arms yeah, will take yeah, care yeah. of my family and they solidified those relationships with sex. Yeah. So swinger parties happened on Air Force bases mm. in the 50s. Wow. Yeah. Around, no I forget, that. whatever. Yeah. Around, it was some war. Not, maybe not even, maybe even before 50s, because it might have been a world war. I don't remember. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm not the greatest with the numbers. For sure. The dates and things. But, the point, but whatever. But the point is, milita- it started with, you know, would be conservative military people. And they were the ones who were driving that community. Mm -hmm. And that's where it exists. That's where it came from. And, you know, those were part of the origins. And there were other, you know, communities, of of course, who had open sexual um, situations. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things that really, that makes me angry when I hear about it is like, when people talk about nudist communities or, or, places where people are open or whatever they're like well of course sexual stuff happens in those communities and you know people get violent i was like no no it happens Mm -hmm. in the most conservative religious and maybe even more yeah with with, uh you know all these people who are who are supposed to be saved and supposed to be you know god-fearing people like it happens quite as you know more maybe more who knows sure. but the yes. the point is so much of it is secret and this is why it drives the activity underground and like it's very annoying like mm-hmm. th- that people have an assumption about when people have more open sexual communities that all of a sudden it's supposed like oh of course they have violation no yeah everywhere people are being violated right in all kinds of communities definitely not just in these you know open and quite frankly they're more likely to catch it in an open community Mm. a sexually responsive or responsive and responsible community what do you mean by catch it catch it meaning when it's discovered or someone comes forward with Mm -hmm. it they're Mm -hmm. more likely to have a conversation about it and address it earlier Mm-hmm. than in a more conservative community. Oh, like an STD or an STI? Is- no, I'm talking about specifically if a violation has occurred. Oh, a violation, yeah. Of, of agreements. Because yeah. open communication is occurring. Because, exactly. Yes. And so, and there's probably going to be less damage, most mm-hmm. likely, yep. because For sure. the people are having better conversations around yep. it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean... It's fascinating that whenever a open relationship, poly relationship, whatever, maybe has struggles, frequently people and even clinicians sometimes will be like, oh, that's because it's an open relationship. It's because you're doing poly. It's like, 
the no, assumption. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. And yes, exactly. Assuming that the problem is in the relationship structure rather than maybe these inner dynamics. And it's like, if we can move past that initial thought, we could actually get to the important things of how to be in these relationships. But so many people just stop at that initial thought and blame it on the structure. Yeah. It's frustrating. Sucks. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Yeah. I mean, from the research that I've seen, though, in some of the recent studies that come out, I mean, polyamorous relationships score some of the highest rates on relationship satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And a lot of that is because people are actually making the requests mm-hmm. for what they want. Yeah. Um, people, you know, many people, when I was first coming back to Chicago, because I bounced around the country. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. several times kind of coming back and finally and like opening up coming out of the closet as a sex coach mm, yes yes that's <laughs> there's that. that there's that whole situation uh-huh. uh as I was doing that people kept assuming that like I was helping people in the kink community because they also knew I was active in the kink community mm. and I was like no kink kinky people are they're good like yeah pretty much, like they're handling pretty much like yeah there are there can be issues like they're still human beings so like there can still be issues but no like they're way better off than yeah. most of the civilians who yeah. don't do kink or you know some kind of alternative right. lifestyle mm-hmm. or alternative relationship style like it's it's People who are in the framework, the the standard narrative framework, Mm -hmm. assume that people who are outside of it have problems that are not being addressed. And I'm like, "Mm, that's the mirror. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are many issues that you are ignoring that you're leaning on this framework to provide for you. And time and time again, you end up resentful and pissed off. Time and time again, time yes. and time again. So, yes. I mean, I have a I have a friend who's in a marriage and constantly complaining about like, oh, I'm I'm not getting enough satisfaction, la la la. And I'm like, you could introduce a conversation about having agreements about seeing other people so that you can get your needs met. Like you you could yeah. have that. Yeah. You could have a conversation. Yes, it may yeah. not land well. It might not yeah. land well, but all this other stuff that you're doing, right? You're, you're you're watching stuff, you're flirting with people, like you know. I'm like, mm. I know. I mean, you you could actually get what you want, right? There is a chance. Yes, there's a risk that that you know it may not go well, but you might end up getting what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so, so, so hard. And I have so much empathy for the people in that space because, well, one, I've never been there. So I have no room to speak about what even that dynamic is like. I cannot even imagine how hard that conversation would be and to recognize the whole social cultural background that has always been telling all of us that marriage is the penultimate, a closed monogamous marriage specifically is the penultimate of happiness and satisfaction. And so to kind of acknowledge that you're not actually getting that, I'm sure a lot of people first think it's me. It's something's wrong with me. I'm not doing something right. And I'm also, I'm going to add on to what you just said about that, about that it's the ultimate of satisfaction. It's also the ultimate in our society of respectability. Yes. Yes. 
and respectability and it's the ideal state that says that you made it in the relationship part. Yep. Your money will tell you if you were made it in the career part and your relationship status and how longevity will tell you how well you've done in the relationship mm-hmm. according to these metrics, these yeah. random ass metrics. The challenge with that though, that I, that I find mm-hmm. is that even for me, so mm-hmm. I am a black woman, yeah. identify as black. I'm an immigrant to this country. I'm from a country that has a lot of black people in it. So mm-hmm. it's I'm not, it's not a majority white, yeah. you know, so I, you, I feel great as a black person. I mm. love being black. Like it's, I don't have any like desire to be any non-black yeah, yeah, yeah. anything. Like I'm good. It's right. great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. I love my culture. I love my people. Love, yeah. love being black. I love the experience yes. of our food. Also, yes. <laughs> also mm-hmm. seasonings, mm-hmm. really great. Um, yes. Fresh, you know, uh-huh. vegetables and stuff. Anyway, my mom is a great cook. I love that. Anyway, yeah, no, no, important side tangent. (laughs) I'm a great cook as well. Anyway, so I was imagining, like, just I had been talking to someone and we had been talking about like longevity and like, you know, having this legacy of your family. And do you know, in my mind, Mm. the ultimate vision of that was this this picture popped up Mm. that was an old white man and an old white woman and their family standing around them. They were great, had gray hair. They're sitting there, you know, and they're yeah. like whole like family is standing up around and behind them. And like, there's, you know, a young mother with the baby next to him, but the whole scene is white. Mm. And so it's not only, it's not only cishet monogamous marriage with yeah. children. So it's also that you should also be white, convincingly yeah. white, by the way. There, were, there weren't any like dark hair, olive skin people in this particular, like for real, for real, yeah. Northern European kind of situation. Mm. And I was like, even me, with the history that I have, with the pride that I have, with the mm. consciousness I have, even me, that was my ultimate, that was what I imagined when I said, yeah. well, what's the ultimate of staying together, being together. And then you mm. have your stair step kids and the generational la 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 la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. Yes. Like how deep it is. How deep yes. it is. Very, very interesting. Yes. Right. So even as a black woman, like I can't get to that. <sighs> even if I married a white dude and had, you know, mixed babies or whatever, right. mm-hmm. like, that would not be, and certainly if I had a relationship with someone of my similar gender or a trans or something, right. you can't have that. You can't, you don't get to have that. That mm. is like, that's a, there's like a glass ceiling that you can't penetrate in order to be accepted by the general society. Yes. Like it just can't happen. And that shit is crazy. Yes. And it's I- crazy. Yes. And I appreciate you acknowledging that even knowing your value system and how strong you feel in that, your own internal sense of what is picture perfect is being shaped by this society and culture. And it seems almost like to a degree that we don't get a choice in that. Yeah. And so, so for me, you know, do I, do I sit around, I mean, I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is my work. Right. And I, I have been committed to personal growth for decades now, you know? Yeah. So, so what do I do with that? Part of what I did with that was I was like, well, let me take a look at what my 
what's my what's my thing what am I up to what yeah what do I need what what do I desire what no for real like am I wanting a particular way of being because I really want it I called everything into question yes good what what is it that I really desire mm-hmm. and I started crafting this list and, and there were some things that were non-negotiable on that list yeah. and so of my non-negotiable things I can now say for certain, like, I'm, I'm not a monogamous person. Like I personally, I'm not monogamous. Like I I am, I'm always going to have some version of openness, Mm -hmm. even in my, you know, monogamous, you know, I, I called my marriage, the last marriage that I was in, Mm -hmm. like I've been married two times. My last one was monogamish. And Mm -hmm. literally what that meant in that situation was that we would talk about people who we were attracted to. Mm. We didn't act on it. Okay. 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 There was never an opportunity to act on it, but we were always like constantly like, Hey, I have a crush on this person or this person I feel is attractive or like, this is, this is, this person is the one that out of, you know, in this room, I would want to sleep with this person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel attracted to this person. So having even that space to discuss it made it more yummy a more yummy connection yeah inside of my relationship being able to be honest about that and and you know having you know my partner at that time point out people that they thought would be a good person for oh like you probably like him because he's got the dreadlocks (laughs) (laughs) and that does it for you and like sold <laughs> like you know, let him be go go ahead let him have dreadlocks and be a slim dude Ooh. stop it stop it and tall like like anywhere over six two and like uh, dreadlocks and I like slim yeah like, yeah it's done it's done for me go ahead <laughs> like let's just let's take it out back let's take it somewhere <laughs> yes yes but also like you know like there might be another like burly kind of person and then they're like um mm. you know they're a particular women who I'm attracted to, yeah, but like, yeah. like they have to be like pretty mm-hmm. and they, they gotta be like, right. Kind of on the edge of they're in the middle, but like femme of center. Mm, that's a great way to describe that. Yes. <laughs> like just, you gotta be femme of center. Yeah. I don't want you to be masculine center. Mm-hmm. If, if, like I'm not that attracted. Like for sure. It might be cute, but yeah. Like, but femme of center. I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to describe that femme of center I think that's gonna how, how I self-identify <laughs> so I vibe yeah so so um just being aware of that yeah and again like checking in with myself mm. like what's true for me what do I want what do I desire yeah and then being able to communicate that uh one to myself most importantly yes <laughs> Yes. Articulate it to yeah. myself with myself. Yes. Create this sort of honesty that I can, you know, move from that space with, with yeah. the honesty about yeah. it. You know, however people want to label me, like, I really don't care. I, I don't, that. I don't care. Like yeah. a label is like, whatever. I hate a label. And like, sure. Like I prefer, I prefer having sex with men. I, you know, I don't really want to have a relationship with a woman because women are crazy. I'm crazy. I don't need, I don't need to, t- I, don't, I, don't I need agree. To t- <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've said this, that women are crazy. And then I said that to my friends. They're like, you're a woman. And I'm like, fuck, I know. I know. No, uh, I'm crazy. 
crazy. I'm, we're nuts. Like our brains yeah. work, but it's like there's a level of brilliance that goes with the crazy. And it like, is, yes. Goes with the crazy. Oh, and yes. I, I think it's great. And like if someone can handle that, cool, because I'm a lot to handle. Yeah. I'm a lot yeah. To handle. Yes. I feel that. I'm a lot. Mm-hmm. And I am not ashamed to be a lot. I am not toning it down for anyone. Yes. My entire project yes. is to, my entire objective all the time is to be extra oh, and to yes. be too much and like hurt him. Like, if I'm going to look, <laughs> I'm going to hurt him. I don't care. Be <laughs> relentless looking good. Look yes. ravagingly gorgeous. Yes. Whenever I feel like it all the time mm-hmm. and like there's no apology about that why tell me why why it is my number one it's my my birthright to tell be yes fucking fabulous yes yes fabulous whatever i determine fabulous is for me okay mm-hmm. i get to determine what fabulous is yes i promise you fabulous has nothing to do with eyelashes or contouring <laughs> that yes. will never happen on my face mm-hmm. <laughs> period like that maybe eyelashes I do like to play with the eyelashes okay sometimes. okay <laughs> like my worth is not determined by the length of my eyelashes yeah <laughs> yeah um but like why so one it's my birthright yes two it's a pleasure for me to mm-hmm. revel in my own beauty yes my mother uh <laughs> She used to tell, she told me this story a few times now. It's, it's super cute. I love it when she talks about it. Uh She's like, in short, she was criticized for being vain. My mother is 72 and extremely sassy and regularly gets hit on by 30 year olds. Just saying like, like she does not look at at all. People think we're sisters. It's fabulous. She's dope. Yeah. But she's like, it's vanity that helps me look this good Mm. at my age. It's Mm. vanity that has me be as fabulous. She's never out. Like if she leaves the house, she's always looking fly. Yeah. Always looking fly. She's bringing it. If she's got a party, it's going to be a new outfit. And that's how she raised us. If we have a party, it's a new outfit. You're seeing someone new, get a new outfit. (laughs) She has no shame about it. She will save crazy cash on whatever clothing she's purchasing. Right. But it's going to be fabulous. Yeah. For whatever size she is, for whatever, you know. And I have totally taken that on. It's like, I want to be the greatest and most fabulous expression of myself. Whatever I can muster that particular day, I'm going to do that. And then guess what? (laughs) Then I get to spread my pussy glitter all over the world. Yes. Like, and then you, I'm doing a a service to the world by showing up as myself. Yes. The more authentically I can show up in the world, the more that I can do that for others. It's, it's very similar to the, you know, to the, uh, Marion Williamson quote about, you know, you're not serving the world to, um, you know, the, you're playing small is not serving the world. No, it's Mm, not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, and pussy glitter is contagious. That energy, the second sure. it starts, you're like, hell yeah, sure. I know. <laughs> and glitter is the gift that keeps on giving, so. And it just stays on you forever. You can never get that shit off, actually. So, 
but seriously, like you feel that energy. I'm even <sighs> feeling it with you, right? It is a dynamic that you create in these interactions of the energy that you bring. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're creating that when you meet people and right. then they disperse that. Right. Yeah. Totally. totally. And I'd rather be spreading pussy glitter than jaded, shitty, everything's terrible. Mm. Like, and I'm, there's no judgment. Awareness raising, absolutely. Like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. And quite frankly, when I talk about such things, if I'm going to like, if I'm going to talk about things that are challenging, it would behoove me to feel as good as possible, yeah, as well as possible, as right. healthy as possible, as radiant as possible. Yes. It's going to serve everything that I do when I feel radiant. Yes. If I feel radiant and fabulous, it's going to serve everything that I do. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly. I think for me, when I try to take on that energy, I get a little, I just feel like I'm being vain. Like you said, there's the judgment. What's the judgment? That I'm being self-conceited to love myself. Yeah. Oh, but then everyone's saying, love yourself. I, well, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Like, how do you do it without being a little vain? Like, hello. And, and like, and who decided that by the way, like the vanity that comes down from the, from, from all of the, you know, patriarchal, la la la. But who wants a beautiful wife though, by the way? Exactly. At the same time. And if she's not vain, cause you're going to complain about her being frumpy if she's frumpy and conservative, Mm -hmm. but like, it's a mind fuck. And then yes. women are the ones who have to unfuck the mind fuck. Yes. The dudes are just duding. They don't even, <laughs> like they don't even care. <laughs> and at the end of the day, they yeah. don't care that much yeah. what you look like. If they get to get pussy or yeah. whatever they prefer, like they're going to get it like however yeah. they want to get it. And, and like, but for us to contort ourselves, like mm-hmm. you may as well have some fun. You may as well like, fuck it. Like, yeah. So fuck the judgment again. Yeah. Like, all of our challenges come from judgment. All mm-hmm. of, like all of them around sexuality, all of them about how we present ourselves, all of them the things about shame. And like, it's all judgment based. Yeah. Judge not lest ye shall be judged. Hello. Mm. Tell them, Jesus. It. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. are, what, what hypocrisy are you know, talking like, right now? Like, settle the fuck down. And, and I like, know. by the way, God created these genitals. God yeah. created these sexy bodies. God created, God and evolution and all this stuff. Another book for you. Yeah. The Bible. Oh. I know. <laughs> Sex, okay. Time, and Power. Leonard Schlein. Okay. And he also has another one called Alphabet Versus the Goddess. Interesting. Okay. Both of them are fascinating books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating yeah. books. Like, if you want to get into it, like, oh my this goodness. Oh my goodness. Sex, Time, and Power. Alphabet Versus the Goddess is extremely upsetting, it, to, mm. especially the end of it, because it breaks down, like, the all the ways that uh, misogyny got put in place. Like, Oof, yeah. Like, century after century after century after century and like all the i was like yo after reading that or listening to that book i do audiobooks after listening to that book i was like i really understand why white women hate white men the way like the the white women who are like "Ah," you know (laughs) i really i get it because i don't yeah being a black person i don't have that relationship with my corresponding men we have a different thing going on Mm, okay it's a different (laughs) 
there's a different it's still there's still a you know man woman dynamic thing happening but like it's different it's like i'm not fucking the dudes who like literally fucked the entire world yeah and subjugated literally everyone Everyone, on the planet all the brown people all over. right like right i really get that level of hurt Mm. anger yeah vitriol i get it and also like as a human you can't take on all of all of the history of that like as one yeah. human you can't take it on it's it's right. unsustainable right, right, right. um so so yeah and that's where i encourage people to insert pleasure just, just put some pleasure in there like get a little bit unresentful and then go back to it like go <laughs> take a right. break exactly go. take a break and play i mean the reality is in my in my religious and spiritual opinion we get one shot at this life and we're all going to die, lest us forget that important piece, right? That we are going to die at some point. We will. Exactly. And so why, myself included, why do we waste this time worrying if we're going to be vain or all these other things when that is the the end? Like it's going to have a time period and whatever, you know, my biology and all these things are going to change. Why can't I just enjoy what it is right now in the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's unlearning and probably I'm sure a lot of the things that are talked about in that book that are reflected back to us in media, culture, all this sort of stuff. But I am just so fascinated by how even if we want to fight it, it's just so present in society. And I think that's why it's so important to surround yourself with friends and a community that have the same values and mirror them back to you because it can be really hard when the community that you put yourself in doesn't have that value system to still see yourself in that light. Yeah, it's tricky. And and I in one of the personal growth, I've been doing personal growth since like 99, 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's been a long time. Yeah. And one of the people with whom I studied was talking about having a target-based model of like your circle of humans. Oh yeah. Like the, your community. Yeah. And like in that that core bullseye center portion are the people who I deeply trust, mm. who I can say anything, they'll have yeah. my back, they're fiercely supportive, um, they will call me on my bullshit. We have had mm. a hard conversation and have reassessed our relationship. Those are my besties. Yes. Those are my besties. Mm-hmm. You can't be in that circle if we've never had a real, real conversation. Yeah, can you we can't, you, you're, no, like if we're having perfunctory you know chit chat even if it goes a little deep if we haven't had an engagement that is about our how we engaged you're not a bestie of mine yeah like you're not that person we we need to have had something where we have established or adjusted or uh, connected on something specific or around a specific subject in order for you to be in that circle and then on the outside of that are people who I'm meeting new or, you know, or, yeah. you know, or, or our friends, but we haven't had that kind of engagement. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that are people I'm literally just meeting. And, you yeah. know, and then there's people who I don't know who people say I should be right. <laughs> like, you know, so, and, and then another thing, I haven't done this yet, but I just yeah. read about this uh, thing that this woman does where she uh, establish evaluates like all her friendships, like 
either at the end of the year or the beginning of the year and decides like who's going to make the cut like (gasps) have they been supportive have they really connected I like I said I just heard about it so I'm like oh Mm -hmm. totally yeah and and I've done some of that I've done some of the hey you know this isn't really working out for me or you know this is not our engagement is not healthy for me yeah and so I I can't like and I and I won't Mm -hmm. yeah and so when people don't make the cut like we have sometimes people have this like guilt feeling of like oh but they should we should be friends no we don't we don't have to be friends we're adults we get to choose this is not this is not our we're not kids anymore Mm -hmm. we don't have as adults we get to choose Yes. Our relationships are conditional. Yeah. I don't have to tolerate anything from anyone. Yeah. And I promise you, I have several very high quality friendships. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone. I'm not like a loner and like, oh, you know, it's me and my cat. I don't have a yeah. cat. Cats. <laughs> I'm right. a plant person more than an animal person, you know, but like. For sure. Like, like, don't get it twisted. I I have really high quality friendships. Yes. Part of my high quality friendships, I learned how to be a high quality friend inside of the polyamory and open relationship community because of the level of high quality communication and like staying clear and current with the people in your world. That's how I learned these skills. Yeah. That and some personal growth stuff. But like, the the point is like that was my practice ground of yes. like how can I be a real real good amazing friend how can mm. I show up for this person how can I not doing stuff for people I right. mean really show up for sure really be an advocate really like hold the line on quality and connection yeah. and respect mm. and values standards yes. boundaries yes. all these pieces how yeah. can I do that in community. And the people who are in this, like uh, my partner is having sex with this person and, and yeah. they broke a rule <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. when I wasn't around, like, that's not okay. No, of so course So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. You have to. You have to. Yes. I'm not going to sit around and be like, oh, I wish they hadn't done that. Like, oh. And now I'm going to be shady to the people involved. No. And resent. Yeah. Yeah. Be resentful and like, no. You have to that, talk that's, about it. That's cruelty to myself. Exactly. I can't be fabulous yeah. <laughs> with, with all this resentment going on. Like, I can't be fabulous. Right. My fabulous capacity is significantly reduced when I have a high amount of resentment. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thinking about that friend that you mentioned earlier that's yeah. in that marriage, are is that person having the communication with their partner about how they actually feel? And if they had even that conversation of not getting the satisfaction that they currently want, I'm sure it would change so much for their dynamic. Just so to, much. yeah, just to name that and bring that into the space instead of yeah. having it silently and forgetting that these relationships, I think this is the biggest thing that I've been like finding so yeah. far is that it is so, 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 so important to communicate about everything. I think, you know, society in the past in the 50s, 60s had so many, you know, railings of what a gendered person was or what a relationship was and how it was supposed to be. And now as we continue to strip those away, we're finding that you do have to ask people, how do you want to show up? 
what can you give? What are you willing to, you know, give in this situation? And what do you want in return? And learning to talk about all those dynamics, even in a monogamous relationship, I think is so, so, so important. Most of what I teach to people who are in cishet monogamous relationships, most of what I'm teaching them are skills and communication techniques. Wow. From kink. Yeah. Yeah. Because we need it. Like in Mm -hmm. kink, you could die. Yeah. Literally, you could die if you don't communicate properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. Or be severely injured. Like it is super critical that you say, this rope hurts. It's too tight. You could be cutting off a nerve or like a tendon could be jammed or bruised or like Mm -hmm. any number of things could be happening. And if you're not willing to communicate about that, because you're trying to take, like, even even inside of the community, you know, yeah. there are folks who g- let people go too far because they're afraid that, oh, because this person has more experience than I do, then I'm, my opinion is not valid. No, you yeah. are a human being. you got to advocate for your body and yourself. For sure. I know that's something that I've struggled a lot with, this sense that, and I don't know if this is just my gendered sense as someone who's been raised as a woman, that... Yeah sex is something I give. And so if I definitely in the past, if I felt pain, it's hard to communicate because this is something I'm giving to their pleasure, forgetting that this is something that we both should be feeling pleasure in. And that if I'm not feeling it, it's equally as valid to stop or change whatever we're doing. Yeah. They did. There was another study where they asked or survey where Mm -hmm. they asked um, men and women what good sex was for them. Yeah. And men pretty much categorically said that good sex means that I'm, I, I, there were things that I wanted and those things came about and the Mm. act was resolved with me having the satisfaction that I want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Resoundingly women responded sex that doesn't hurt. Oof. Shit. Yeah. Those are leagues different. Yes. And when your standard is not pain, when good equals not pain, all other sex is painful? Yeah. Yeah. And that's terrible. And why is it painful? Yes, sometimes there are medical things that are going on that that are pain-related. I got it. And- and there, thankfully, there are professionals who can handle that. Unfortunately, yeah. there are not enough professionals who can help people I with know. that. But pain during sex doesn't. A lot. I believe at least ninety percent of pain during sex can be can be shifted by the woman knowing her body and yeah. being fully turned on. Mm-hmm. If you're fully turned on, yeah, all your nerve endings shift. Yeah, full blood, full engorgement, full. Mm-hmm fully activated body you're in a totally different place yeah definitely yes it's a totally different location Mm -hmm. than than oh i'm doing this like it's a thing that i'm giving to you know exactly and then the the other thing about about giving it away or losing it sex is not an object yeah it's not a a binary like like yeah (laughs) I was interviewed one time and they were talking about virginity and I was like, virginity is literally for women. 
or Mm -hmm. girls, virginity is literally before dick and after dick. Like, like, Like what? what? I know. What? Exactly. Because, like, if you're not having sex with a dick as a a female-gendered person or a person with vulva, like, when are you not a virgin? Exactly. And I loved, I loved the, there was a response that I heard about um, from a a woman who had not had sex with women. They were like, you're not a virgin when you are, um, when you have an orgasm with another person. And I was like, but even that, I, I mean, but at least, at least there's like, it's something you can work with. Yes, yes, yes. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's something that you actually could potentially have, not just if someone stuck something in you. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my, yeah, my ex had never had sex with a penis. And so it's like, would I, she didn't consider herself a virgin and I don't think she should. I mean, I don't think that that would make any sense. I would invalidate all the queer sex that she's ever had. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and, and the world is a better place. The world is a better place when more people are having orgasm, period. Like just, let's just more people with orgasm, more people with sexual pleasure, not even, not even the pressure to have orgasm. I'm saying have orgasms because they're good. Not because you're more valid because you can have one or multiple, like, like, please understand it. It is literally like, are you accessing your body's capacity for pleasure? I, I'm an advocate right. for that thing. Right. Exactly. So I think that's why I want to bring it back. Yeah. What is sex? Mm. I just, I feel like sex is anything that's sexy. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, when is. I, when I, when I think about like what sex could, could be. Yeah. I mean, because I think about worship kink or like financial domination. And so I'm like, okay, like those things don't even necessarily involve genital contact all the time. So is that sex, sexual? Like what? I've had the hottest makeouts. Some of the hottest makeouts that I've had in my entire life was when we didn't have any genital contact. I'm not saying that that sex or fucking is, is not awesome. I'm saying it was a hot makeout. It's yeah. a really hot makeout with so much tension. Oh, like yeah. that is very sexual. Yes. Even though quote unquote, we didn't have sex. Exactly. We didn't have P in V or penis and vagina sex. Like yeah. who cares? Yeah. That was super hot. There was an engagement. There was a connection. I've had self-pleasuring sessions that have been super hot. Exactly. I mean, going beyond my own you know, concept of like, oh, well, I can have a climax and it can be this. And like, like I've blown my own mind several times. I've blown my own own mind several times. Like, and I'll like get up from that and I'll be like, damn, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm so hot. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I have had that feeling too. The fact that there are women out there who have never had any experience like that with themselves. And I'm like, like, that's definitely sex. That's definitely sex. Like, I think sex is anything that's sexy, Mm. anything that's sexy. And if it's involved someone, if it involves someone else, then also consensual. Yeah. 
definitely. Like if it's sexy and consensual, I think it's sex. Yeah. So I love that. I mean, I'm I'm gonna stand by that. That's my definition. Yeah, because it, <laughs> yes, it leaves it open enough that it's very subjective to the person to define what is sexy. We're not gonna try to label that for anybody because we're all so different. And I think that's where we fail as humans who are trying to say this is sex and this isn't. We're kind of it's just nothing is ever that perfectly defined ever. I think when you look at these things at the their limits and their edges of these different labels we find that things are so much are you okay is it not recording it's not recording it wasn't mine wasn't (laughs) thankfully we have a high quality audio that's coming in here (laughs) no that's okay that's okay it's it's okay i'm using a really high quality mic yeah no you're good you're good and the zoom connection has been good so you're okay okay but that's really funny (laughs) after all that time anyway okay i saw your face and i was like i'm on that yeah something is wrong (laughs) yeah so yeah i think anything that's sexy and consensual (laughs) is is sex period yeah Yeah. no i love that be open Yeah, yeah yeah no i love that I want to leave space for if there was anything on your mind that when you came into this conversation today, you really wanted to hit and really wanted people to hear. Is there anything that you feel lingering? This is something that's really come up for me. And it's it, it, going back to the um, <laughs> to the white family model <laughs> that I talked about earlier. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I want to talk for a moment about longevity and breakups. Ooh, uh, I'm interested. I want to talk a little bit about uh, relationship styles and what's valid versus what's not valid. But those are a lot of subjects. The only thing I have to say about relationship styles, I want to validate all whatever people want to call their relationship. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think lover is just as valid as spouse. Yes. Is partner, is nesting partner, is, you know solo poly no partners like all every relationship style is 100% valid as long as everyone in the situation is actively consciously doing it and most people are not actively consciously doing whatever monogamous situation they're not active and conscious no primarily they're they're going through the motions and following the script and when the script don't work they're they're fucked yeah, internalized monogamy. So that's that's my PSA on that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just, I think that is everything's needed. valid. Everything's yeah. valid, y'all. Like, let's get it. Um, longevity and relationship longevity specifically, mm-hmm. and loyalty, and what people tolerate. I really can't stand that people feel bad about breakups. Ooh, tell me because I just went through one. I hate it. I hate it. It's like, as long as you've gone for a certain amount of time, Mm -hmm. which is arbitrary as fuck, by the way. Right. right. Super arbitrary. Right. You've been doing the thing with the person. Y'all have a particular dynamic. Mm -hmm. And if the dynamic is stable, there are a lot of stable, unhealthy relationships that are extremely long. And unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I'm not even going to say unhappy because mm-hmm. some people who are in those situations 
are happy with that situation, but they also don't know that it could be any different. Mm -hmm. There are some people in those stable, unconscious situations that because the rails are taking them in the direction that they want to go, they're like, I'm fine. We're, We're on the road to 50 years. So like, that's more of what's important to them. And they are actually happy with the number of years that have passed not necessarily in the quality. And and so we're biased as fuck. We Mm -hmm. want the quality. We want the connection. Like I'm hearing that in the way that you're talking. I know that I want that for myself. For sure. And so not everyone actually does want that because they don't want the work that goes with. Damn. They don't want the work. Yeah, it's a lot. Because it's it's a lot. It's it's conscious, real work where you you don't have any rails. Yeah. There's no net. This is high- intensity engaging mm-hmm. <laughs> yes it is there's no so there's no plan there's no script there's yeah. no things that you can figure out like okay so please under like please get that just because you happen to be in a stable situation abusive relationships are stable Ooh. they are yeah they may be volatile but they're mm-hmm. extremely stable because one person is playing one role and another person is playing the other role. And there is a part of it that they are agreeing to participate yeah, by continuing. in this way. And and it feels comfortable and familiar because you know what that is. Exactly. It's yes. familiar. You know yes. it. And this is, I want to be a hundred percent clear that I have no a judgment about people who are in abusive relationships. I have right. experienced abuse in relationship myself. It is, it can be extremely difficult to extricate oneself sure, from yes. that situation. So I really, I, I get it for myself. Yeah. I have empathy for that situation. Of course. And the, the structure and the codependence inside of that dynamic is what helps it to be continue a a long time similarly in and by the way everyone's codependent like i don't have (laughs) i don't have any (laughs) yes delusions that like somehow because i've done you know 20 years of yeah that i'm not codependent no like we're social creatures codependent to some yeah to some degree. Exactly. Yes. But are you conscious about your codependence? I really mm-hmm. like it when someone, when I say good morning to someone and someone says good morning back. Like, I like it when someone responds to my motherfucking text. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, Within a reasonable time frame, With please. Or So, like, whatever. So, no judgment. And yeah. uh, let's, let's really consider why are breakups, why do breakups suck so bad? Mm. Breakups suck so bad because judgment again, it's judgment. Mm. It's always like, I'm, I didn't make it work or this person is an asshole and they made my life so terrible yeah. or like, la la la. I bless every past relationship I've had. Mm. Every engagement I've had and all of the sex that I've had have been inside of a relationship even if it's been a really tiny relationship Short, yeah, like yeah, one yeah. day yeah. <laughs> like it was one day it is a that relationship. was the only time yes. that I had sex with that person yeah. like and I don't you know like yes 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 and again no judgment on myself like whatever the point mm-hmm. being is 
I am relating to another human. Yes, exactly. And a, and a breakup or the ending of that thing that we had, mm -hmm. sometimes that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. I got what I needed out of that situation. Yes. I learned something or I had a particular kind of experience. I bless all of those experiences. Mm, I'm grateful for all of those experiences. Yes. I'm grateful for the pain of the, those experiences. I mean, some of this is because I'm a Capricorn. Like I get it. <laughs> like I love the hardship. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Saturn is my planet. Saturn goes hard, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturn's like, I got rings. What? Cause and effect. Yeah. Know, like, fine. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like some shit is it like, it's very, I love Tim Burton. Cause like, oh my God. You know, it's been, like they're heavy. Okay. Like, <laughs> yes. I know you now. Right. When you said Tim Burton, I'm like, this is a whole picture of who you are. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's like, yeah. You know, it's for sure. Heavy. It's ponderous, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> it. It's great. Um, and I also, I also know that because of all of that, yeah. like sort of, understanding that sometimes life is going to be hard. Sometimes things are going to be challenging. Sometimes I'm going to need some support or, you know, I'm going to, yeah. a, a particular kind of experience is going to, I'm going to feel some kind of way about <laughs> that experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's fine. Yes. But if we could just break up with people or have the mm -hmm. breakup happen without the judgment, it actually wouldn't be that bad. And we can mm -hmm. get to the part of like, what did I learn from this? Or what yeah. do I need to know about my experience with this For person? Sure. We could get to that a lot faster mm -hmm. and then we could adjust our preferences because that's the yeah. other thing that relationship, the other gift of relationship is that we get to define and see our preferences. Like, yes. oh, yes, I thought that was what I wanted. And like, mm -hmm. I had to go through that particular experience to yes. see what that was actually like. Yeah. And now I can update. I can update my preferences. I can update and say, yeah, let's, let's go for it. Yeah. Let's, I want to do this, that, and the other. I want, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I want this instead of that. Like, it's great. It's a, this is right. a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. And can you feel like how, if you don't have judgment about like, we didn't make it, how that's just so available. Like, Mm. what can I get from what can I get from my experience that was actually supportive of who I am today right and you could just forward. go straight to that yeah yes I agree I totally agree I think that yeah. is so important once you let go of that judgment that's holding all the rumination that you could use that energy to grow and go into a next phase because the reality yeah. is the relationship's over like ruminating on the past and how, yeah. why are all these different things is no longer serving us and our ability to move forward. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's so hard though, when you are codependent and depending on what degree you are codependent, mm -hmm. that breakup is literally like losing a limb to your being and it can be so severe. And I feel like that's where it gets hard is, is yeah. yeah and absolutely. I want to support the grieving process. Yeah. Grief looks different for a bunch of different people. Like for sure. There's a standard narrative around what grief is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're supposed to cry. You're supposed to do. Da -da. Sometimes yeah. grief looks like, you know, having sex with someone else. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's, it's, you know, eating, you know, and yeah. I'm not saying I'm not advocating for any particular form of grief expression. I'm just saying yeah. like grief is going to take its own path for each Certainly. individual. So please honor the grief 
that comes up, it is a loss. We feel sad. The purpose of sadness, the emotion itself, Mm. the purpose of sadness is to slow us down Mm. so that we can come to grips with whatever we lost. Yeah. Sadness is always about loss, loss of a pleasure. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're talking about, you know, codependent and, you know, losing of a limb, like it feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because this, if this person is so integral to your life and then they're not there, that is a loss. And, and to like tell someone to get over it is cruel and rude. Right. (laughs) And also to say, well, why, even to yourself, why is it taking me so long to get through Uh. this? Yeah. Probably because you haven't grieved it adequately. Right. Most likely. It. Yeah. And I want to, one thing I want to say about emotions here is that emotions are always finite when you give them time and space. They're always finite. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. If you give them some time and space, it might literally only be 90 seconds that you do a big ass ugly cry. Yes. If you gave it the space and attention it needed. Yes. Yes. But it will take 17 years if you keep sticking it into yep. your bitter basket. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you yes. stay in that anger space of like this and you're, you know, saying all the things and colluding with people about it and how terrible it was, you can be there indefinitely. Yep. But if you just cried about it or whatever your grief looks like, some right, people don't right. cry or whatever. If you spent some time and gave it its moment, mm-hmm. it would be done. Yeah, so much it's of it. It's infinite our... when you don't give it space. It's yes. finite when you give it space. It's yes. Really fascinating. Yes, it is. And so much of our time is spent trying to fight it. Exactly what you were saying of, oh, I'm feeling angry. Well, I'm going to fight that because I shouldn't have that a moment, that emotion, throwing in a judgment on top of our emotion instead of just letting the emotion wash over you and then fall off, which, yeah, yeah so much of mindfulness is talking about that of letting you, you have to move through the emotion to be able to get past it. We can't and just prevent re- it. I also really like ritual for that reason mm, yeah, 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 and doing, and when I say ritual, I am using the broadest for sense sure. of the word. I don't have any prescribed, you know, things that, you know, if someone wants to do something like what I do, that's cool. We can talk about it, yeah, but yeah. like use whatever ritual, but ritual is what we've been doing as human beings for eons. Mm, it's true. Very Everything true. that we do is ritualized. Right. We put on the ritual clothes when we go into certain spaces, like mm-hmm. an office. You wouldn't wear your workout clothes necessarily unless you're a trainer yep. to go to an office job. Right. right, right okay. Right. So it's all ritualized. We're already doing ritual in our lives. The, people have coffee rituals. People have, you know, like when I get in the car, I put on my seatbelt. That's kind of a ritual. Yeah. Brushing that wasn't teeth. always present, yeah. by the way, because there weren't even seatbelts back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just in that car. Yes. And hopefully nothing terrible happened. <laughs> yes. Knock on wood. It's crazy times. So there's part of our psyche that is that has ritual in it, which is why we create it for ourselves. Even if it's something as simple as this is how I put my shoe on, or like I put the left pant leg on first, everything is ritualized. So creating 
ritual around grief and the mm-hmm. ending of a relationship actually can give you that time and space. And then you can kind of decide whether you want to burn something or bury it or put it in the water. Like, you know, uh, I don't, I, I recommend you can have someone facilitate your ritual, okay. but I, I, I really recommend that people determine what the parameter of their ritual is and that it mostly be centered around themselves. Yeah. Cause if we get into like, especially someone who's untrained and had holding space for that kind of situation, you'll get into the like chit chat about like, and it's too easy to go into that spiral of like, well, if he didn't or she didn't yeah. or they didn't do X, Y, Z, we would still be together. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Don't do that. No. Yeah. So either you're doing your ritual by yourself where you're literally just thanking them and letting it go. That's like a super simple version. Like, thank you. Thank you. Like it was hard. These are the things that I wish I would have said or whatever. You can do that kind of thing, like a saying goodbye. And then like, you can, you know, write that down or, you know, create some other kind of way to, to resolve it for yourself. Um, But without that, I think it, it festers. Yes. It can definitely get stuffed into the bitterness basket yeah like who needs that bitterness does not play well with with radiance like (laughs) like, i'm all about pleasure radiance the pussy glitter cannot flow (laughs) (laughs) like no no yes (laughs) it can yeah you gotta you gotta address it and Uh at the end of the day we're as human beings we're getting hurt all the time we're getting hurt all the time all the time Mm -hmm. every day all day like there's a lot of stuff going on and I'm not just talking about like politics I'm like it's the little stuff it's like when I'm walking down the street and you know in my neighborhood and I'm taking a little stroll like I will because it's a lovely day (laughs) I'll take the stroll and as I take the stroll if someone doesn't like make eye contact with me, like I kind of feel a kind of way for sure. Yeah. I'm not going to spend the whole day thinking about, Oh, that person didn't say hi. But like, these are the little micro hurts that we get yeah. all the time. Yes. Like if not yes. enough people like our post or not right. enough views or on right. something that we found was important. It's these little things every, all the time. And we're not doing anything to address the little ones or the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. And we act like we're not hurt and we put layer, you know, anger over the hurt so that we seem like a tough, For like sure. I can handle it or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. or a dismissiveness, you know, like, well, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm a bad, like putting that on, on top of your actual hurt. Right. You gotta address that. Doesn't you gotta address you. it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really drawn to um, Buddhist teaching and the concept that life is pain. And suffering, mm-hmm. right? Well, mm-hmm. life is pain. And then by acknowledging it, we can avoid suffering. That's the difference is acknowledging its presence and that yeah. that is inevitable peace. Life is pain and change, but yeah. you will not suffer if you acknowledge that and recognize mm-hmm. that it is fluid and it's always going to be moving. Like you said, mm-hmm. of those emotions, when they come, they're going to come and it's going to hurt like hell. Mm-hmm. There's no taking away from that experience, but what you'll realize is then you'll have another moment where you go back up to an immense high and then back down and then back up. And once you can acknowledge that cycle of the pain and the hurt to also the pleasure, I think life gets a little bit easier to ride those waves. And one of the things I was in a, uh, in a, I was in a conversation uh, a few days ago Yeah, and we were talking about our 
lifeline like the things mm-hmm. that have happened and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know all the stuff like yeah like the ups and the downs and that the, yeah and the the person who was leading the conversation was sharing that the we get growth from the hard part some of the biggest lessons that we get and the biggest life-changing like pieces happen when we're having challenges, not at the high points. The high points are what we're going for. But like, as we acknowledge, like every time I've had, and when I went through my life, it's not like I didn't believe this person. I mean, clearly they're, it's true. Cause I was like, yeah, that's true. And then I actually went through my low points and I just listed out like, what were my low points? What were the hardest things I've ever gone through? And every single time there was like this spike of like either insight created new content create you know for my like my most recent my most recent um class literally came out of my hard 2020 2020 was difficult Mm. it the course is at least 50 percent created out of that yeah the other part is it's a sex class (laughs) called pussy glitter by the way i love it it's yes called- that's where that comes yes <laughs> so thank you so, 2020 <laughs> thanks 2020 i am so as hard as 2020 was as difficult as it was as many challenges as i had yeah. it gave me this beautiful gift that i'm now sharing with other i'm sharing with yeah. other women and other people in the world yes so like even me and my being is a gift from the pain of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes. That pain of 2020 is the gift of what what I'm creating in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, I love that. So thank you. I love that you're channeling that. And that is such something that I want to take a moment to honor that not everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about a lot. This has been really fun. We have hit so many different points. One of the questions I do ask everybody on the show as my closing question is, what is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal? The first thing that comes to my mind is the tremendous wisdom that is in our bodies. Mm. Tremendous wisdom. That is in our bodies. You can literally know anything. You can know anything. You can access anything that you need to know by checking in with your body. Mm-hmm. And it is not considered normal. Yeah. It's people are like, and I don't know, like, this is weird. Like, no, you yes. can literally access any wisdom you want to know through your body. Yes, you can get facts and information from elsewhere. You're, you have physiological signals. You have sensations. Your emotions are as old as you are. You've had emotions before you had words. Yeah. And <laughs> emotions are, uh, they're chemicals. They're literally biological chemicals that Mm -hmm. are creating sensations in your body and physiological reactions. It's all chemistry. We're back to chemistry. I know. I'm I'm about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like we, our bodies are so intelligent Mm -hmm. and we can be so intelligent through our bodies if we gave our bodies a chance to let us know what was up. 
And if we quit overriding the things that we know, we know, we know, we know Mm -hmm. these things. And when I'm coaching someone and I provide them with an insight of like, what about like, I'll get, I'll be in a coaching session with someone and I'll be like, like the question will be like, tickle, 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 tickle. Yeah. In my physical body. I'll get like a tickle in my physical body. It won't be words. It's not words. It's a sensation that says something about an emotional state that I have experienced because we're these energetic beings and the zoom doesn't matter. Promise you. If you're there, if you're there with someone, you're present with them and you're present with yourself, you can tune in through your body. There's tremendous wisdom. And then you won't have as many questions. Should I date this person? Should we have sex? Should I do this? Should I wear that? There's less questions or fewer questions because you already know. Right. And you don't have to smack your forehead. You don't have to face palm because you've listened to yourself. Mm. And it can be guidance for absolutely anything. Yes, I'm a sex coach. Yes, I'm a pleasure mentor for the ladies. Yes, I'm doing all this stuff, you know, with raising awareness. But like literally my outfits I feel into my body about I, to choose what I'm going to wear. I feel into my body to say, well, what hairstyle do I want today? I feel into my body to say like, what's next on my agenda? Like, yeah, my agenda, like I have my calendar, but like, there's also like when I have unscheduled time, when I do what I feel in my body is the yeah. best thing. Usually turn things turn out great. Oh, for sure. I'm yes. in the right place, right time. There have been yep. times I've been driving in my car. And I'm like, what, why am I going this way? Like I over, there was one day I overshot the places I was going oh, two times. Oh God. <laughs> like two, two different places two t- by like a lot, yeah, <laughs> like, several, yeah, yeah, yeah. like streets, like a good mile. And, yes. and I'm like, why am I going this way? I go, I go, okay. And I end up like just walking back to my car and then like an old high school friend drove by and like stopped and we end up standing on this street corner oh, talking wow. Oh, wow. for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like you're the reason why that all of that happened. <laughs> yeah. Stuff was happening. Exactly. Or like turn left here. It happens a lot in my car when it like, yeah. turn left here. I bumped into another friend like Damn. who was just getting into their car synchronicity synchronicities happen all the time yeah so so there's tremendous wisdom you don't have as much as we can go to the internet for everything yeah you can't go to the internet to know what's happening in your body and the body knows the body yes. knows the pussy knows your yes. genitals know your whatever you have in your like you have you're a well-tuned mm-hmm. no not necessarily not everybody's well-tuned your body is tunable yes to a greater wisdom Mm-hmm. that you don't have to study outside of yourself. Yeah. There's so much truth there. I have a whole post-it note wall above here that I just have to pull one of them off because it yes. literally says, yes. listen to your body. <laughs> like, this yes. is like one of my values. Like, it's it's up there. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's so, key. yes. And so, so often key. society is pulling us away. Our to-do list is pulling us away. Mm-hmm. All these different things that to like slow back down and listen. I also teach yoga. So I think that's where I, I taught yoga too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. connect with this where when you listen yeah. and slow down, you can find so much truth in yourself. Yeah. And, and we, it starts so early with 
us uncoupling from our sensations as young people, especially yep. when, you know, you hurt yourself and the parent says, you're okay. You're like, fine. no, I'm yeah. hurt. Like this, yeah. this hurts. Like this is the most hurty thing I've ever experienced right. today. Right. <laughs> and even like, right. the breakups, yeah. when you were talking about that, like we, yeah. we have research showing that these sorts of things produce the same pain response yeah. in our brains. So yes, it feels very physical. And so, yeah, to acknowledge that again, we're coming back to that same space yeah. of acknowledging that pain, acknowledging these emotions yeah. Yeah. and that allowing you to connect back to yourself and find the truth that only you can know by being present with your body. Yeah. And you're, wow. you're the only one who has lived your life ever. You've got exactly. all the details of your life, even identical twins who yeah. have done everything together that yeah. like you literally cannot live another person's life. So you are the authority on you. Yeah. And no matter what I've coached, I've coached a lot of subjects through the years, no matter what I coach, it's always comes back to you. Yes. It's all, everything is an inside job. Everything is beautiful. I love, love, love being a human being. I love it with all the pain and all the awkwardness and all the yes. <laughs> sexiness and all the, the complexity know, like, that the it not is. Knowing and the anxiety. I love it all. I love it all. Yeah. I embrace it all. It's all so rich. And like without all those seasonings, like it would just be boring. Mm, it, it would be. be. Boring. It would be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's such a lovely way to close. I love that so much. I totally agree. It has been such a great time having you on the podcast and just getting to hear and probe your brain on all these different topics. And you brought such a fun energy. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Is there a, a great space? You're hosting a great space. And thank you. Thank, thank you. So you. Thank you. <laughs> Is there anywhere that you want to plug if people want to connect with you or find out more about your work? Yeah, the easiest way to um, find out the most about me is on my website, infinitrelating.com. Yes. And you can also follow me on Instagram. That'll be like a little more updated slash current until I get my assistant, which is coming. I'm getting an assistant soon. <laughs> Manifesting. Um, yes. Yay. Um, and yes, yeah, so, so Instagram is where I will most often post new things and yeah. like all that. So Instagram is Tazima Paris, um, Instagram that's Tazima Paris and then, um, yeah, and infinite relating.com yeah. and you can find out about pussy glitter. If yes. you, uh, send me a DM, if you want to know about all that, I also am offering VIP to, VIP days. They're called the queen up. VIP mm -hmm. days. So, Love it. um, yes, I, I generally tend to work with cis women, not necessarily hetero all the time. Um, I, I, I identify as queer slash whatever hetero mm -hmm. flexible, I, whatever you want to say, whatever labels right. Blah. Right. <laughs> and yes. polyamorous. And I find that people have challenges around yeah. how to be with their sexuality and how to be with the power that is contained in mm -hmm. having a body that has a vulva. Yeah. If you have a vulva and a clitoris, we have crazy yes. amounts of yes. power. Yes. Ridiculous amount of capacity for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And these are all the things that I talk about. So people who come into my course or with my work uh, are engaging. They're going from being resentful, overwhelmed, that kind of thing to, uh, um, to being empowered. Cause you're, yeah. you cannot be empowered by anyone except yourself. Right. And quite frankly, the powerhouse of our bodies is our sexual, mm. our sexual energy and our sexuality. Yeah. Like that is, that is our power. So if you can get to that, this is what I teach. This is yeah. every day, all day, 
everything uh, else is everything else is gravy. Yeah, like if you can get this part, everything else is gravy. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is the most charged and the most t- taboo, and this is why I love digging into it. Yes. I'm here for it. Yeah, so feel resentful. I I really my 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 the ladies who are attracted to my work, I should also say, are women who are uh who are making big they want to make a big difference in the world they are they're really good at their work they're really good they're probably at the top of their field probably super smart yeah, they are yeah, yeah. usually have multiple degrees and like they're over certified mm-hmm. <laughs> perfectionist yeah, per- yeah. oh gosh certainly mm-hmm. perfectionist yeah. And they, they also want this part of their life handled. They want their sexuality handled. They want to be able to be free. They want to be you know, out of their head and in their bodies yeah. during sex. They want right. to enjoy themselves. They want to explore more. They want to create more for themselves. Um, and so, yeah, I, I show you exactly how to do that. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that work. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. I think that is going to change society truly. I, that is my entire objective. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me and talking with me. This has been so lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. If you enjoyed today's conversation, then subscribe for new episodes released every Wednesday and follow us on Instagram at Modern Anarchy Podcast, where we open up a dialogue about all of these topics. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. And a special thanks to one of my favorite artists, Your Smith, for the intro and outro song to this show. 